When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Civilized Barking Podcast with Zach Jackson. Hey everybody, Uh, it's Civilized Barking, I'm Zach Jackson. We are a day or so from the conference championship games. We are four days or so from the start of the Senior Bowl. Uh, The East-West Shrine game is going on uh, out in Las Vegas. Some Browns assistants are involved there as part of the NFL um, it's doing this to an extent at both games, but it's it's kind of a cool thing where they're they're letting assistant coaches um, handle head coaching and coordinator roles and doing things like that, all about developing guys and giving opportunities, and that's good. And the overall picture, the uh, these all star games are important. You know, you get hands on evaluation. Um, they are played like games, even though they're choppy, they're ugly. So you you get coaches experience and you get to evaluate guys in this environment and. You never know. Um, I think when the Browns go, when Andrew Barry goes to the Senior Bowl next week, I don't know that the number 13 pick is there. I don't know that the number 44 pick is there, but he might be. Um, you know, This is the only football part of the whole draft process, right? And obviously you're, you're going to weigh your evaluations on what guys did in their college careers. But everything else is, is timing stuff and interview stuff and medical stuff. And you get to watch guys play football in an NFL environment. That's a positive. So, um, just wanted to do a podcast today before I head to the Senior Bowl. Um, just kind of talk about some of the news items and get to some of the leftover asking Jackson questions that didn't make the printed mailbag. So, news item one: um, Quasi Adolfo Mensa, the Browns' former vice president of football operations, basically number two on the organizational chart. If you look at it a certain way, he has been hired <clears throat> as the new general manager of the Vikings. Um, as part of the NFL's minority talent development initiative that started back, I believe, about 15 months ago, the Browns will receive two um, compensatory third-round picks right around pick number 100 this year and next year. Those can be valuable. So, you know, first it speaks to his fast rise. Uh, speaking of Quasi, he's only been working in the NFL since 2013. Uh, I believe five or six teams wanted to interview him for GM. Uh, just le- less than two full years, actually, after Andrew Barry hired him away. So that that speaks highly of of what um, Andrew Barry saw in him. Glenn Cook, who's also uh, in more of a traditional football scout, but a high-ranking member of the uh, Browns personnel department, he also got multiple interviews. He could be a guy a year from now, three years from now, that ends up being a GM. That would be another draft pick compensation situation. But I, I think it, j- it just speaks highly of – because so many teams thought so highly of of Kwesi's, um leadership ability, his smarts, things like that, um, of of the Browns doing the whole recognition process right, of the Browns, you know, saying we're going to be a smart organization, we're going to put smart people in place, and we're going to do things a certain way, and the fact that the Vikings would want him as a GM, you know, that that's positive, and obviously the draft picks 
may or may not be a big deal. Um, in both of Andrew Barry's drafts, guys, he has maneuvered his way to extra third and fourth round picks. That tells me that he thinks those picks are important. So we will see. Um, you know, I, I don't know if the Browns would trade for Kirk Cousins. There's obviously a relationship there. And keep in mind that sometimes um, Stefanski having a relationship with Kirk Cousins could mean he absolutely doesn't want Kirk Cousins. And we don't mean that, but... I don't think as the Browns embark upon this journey that it's a bad thing to have an extra set of ears and eyes very much involved in the quarterback discussions. And, you know, not that uh, Quasey would ever put the Vikings um, in a vulnerable spot to share information with the Browns, but I think it's fair to assume those guys are going to continue to be tied in with one another in the communications. And whether that helps, whether that matters, you know, I don't know. Um, We will see. So that's a pretty important news item here, Um, you know, three or four weeks into the offseason. News item number two, Baker Mayfield has logged off of social media. Um, to all my peers who took the time and valuable ink to write about that, shame on you all. Um, to those of you who say Dustin Fox was never good enough to get in the head of an NFL quarterback, ha! he showed you. Uh, we will see how that goes. Baker had the surgery about a week and a half ago. He is in L.A. rehabbing the Browns. <coughs> uh, officially say a few months on the rehab and that he'll be able to participate at least somewhat in an off season program. Will that be the Browns off season program? Again, we will see. Uh, I fully expect the Browns to be on a quarterback search. I don't fully expect that that will necessarily result in a trade being made, but, but we will find out. And I think we'll start to find this stuff out over the next few weeks. Um, we're six weeks right now here at the end of January from the start of the league year. March 14th at noon, guys, is when the, the negotiating period starts. March 16th at 4 o'clock is the new league year when stuff gets processed. In the past, even last year with Matthew Stafford, when quarterback trades have been made, they've often been made uh, months before – or weeks, excuse me, before the deadline. Um, we will see how that goes. You know, I – it's going to go on. Calls are going to be made. Questions are going to be asked. Is it going to get to the proposal stage? Is it going to get to the bidding stage? I don't know. If any of these quarterbacks actually get traded, the asking price is going to be high. Um, The supply, as it always does at the quarterback position, is not going to meet the demand. So we will see um, how this all goes and how it shakes out. As far as on the field, as you know, we're down to the final four in the NFL. It's the Bengals versus the Chiefs. It's Odell Beckham still playing against Jimmy G and the Niners. Um, and we'll see how all that goes. As far as with the Browns, uh, defensive line coach Chris Kiffin has moved on to the University of Mississippi. Um, the assistant special teams coach, Doug Coleman, is apparently not going to be retained by the team. I'm not expecting major changes. I think if there was any – first of all, I didn't expect them as far as the coaching staff. Second of all, if I think anything – Major was coming. It would have happened by now. You, you do never know in this league. And there are um, eight or nine head coaching vacancies. I think it's nine now. Yeah, with Sean Payton out um, that haven't been filled as of this recording uh, here at the end of January at the beginning of conference championship weekend. So we'll see. There is some scuttlebutt out there that depending on who gets one or two of these jobs that uh, Browns tight ends coach Drew Petzing will be interviewed for an offensive coordinator job somewhere. Um, again, that's just that's just stuff you hear in, in digging through. We will see how that goes or doesn't go. Um, but again, that speaks well to to who the Browns have hired, and they want guys to have chances um, to to move up 
you know, to do things. These are these are coveted jobs. There's only 32 of them in the world, right? There's 32 O coordinators, D coordinators, special teams coordinators, head coaches, GMs. Um, they're hard jobs to get. So um, the band is mostly going to be together, and the Browns are mostly going to run it back. And maybe if Baker comes back, they're all going to run it back in year three. Um, guys, it has been since 2007 that the Browns have had a head coach and a front office regime make year three together. The Haslam's this summer, um, 10 years of ownership. One coach has made it to year three, Hugh Jackson. He was a complete joker, um, and he did not survive the third season. So you would think that from a continuity standpoint, as far as free agency, as far as the draft, as far as maximizing what you already have in your building, which is very important under any circumstance, but I think especially important in terms of where the Browns are, where they want to go coming off a disappointing season. Um, continuity should matter. This should matter. Go all the way back. The third year was the big one for that Savage Cornell regime. Um, we will see what happens here. And, and you never bring everybody back. You never bring all 22 back. You never bring all 53 back in the NFL. But the Browns are in position to bring like 20 starters back. You know, the Browns are in position to, again, have a deep offense, assuming they can replenish the, and recharge the passing game. Um, the Browns could be really deep and really good on defense. They, they have some holes up front right now, and they have some questions with guys in the back, but we'll see. They're, they're in um, excellent shape draft-wise as far as having the 13th pick and having extras to back it up. Um, they're in fairly good shape cap-wise with opportunities, of course, to create a whole bunch more cap room. Um, assuming Jarvis Landry goes, assuming Case Keenum goes, we'll see what happens with J.C. Treader, with Austin Hooper, um, the Joku Clowney, a big deal for Denzel Ward. So this is why, this is where this continuity would come in. This is where, if you really believe these people know what they're doing and they're super smart, they've planned for this. So we will see um, where all of this goes. So I do think it's notable that Andrew Barry is going to the Senior Bowl. That's where the quarterbacks are. That's where his peers are, in case you need to have any discussions on things. So um, it's just one step of the process. You know, the Browns have had three weeks, really, to decompress, um, to start evaluating their seasons, to start evaluating what it's going to take to go where they need to go. I think the last few weekends of games have been sobering for the Browns and Browns fans watching Josh Allen, Pat Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Odell Beckham, quite frankly. Um, but – you know, this is not a time of despair. It was a season of disappointment. The Browns still bring back a really good roster. As I just mentioned a minute ago, the Browns are going to bring back a bunch of their players. Um, and of those good players, first of all, there's a good number of them. Second of all, most of them are in their primes. They're under contract for a year, for two years, for four years. Um, building something, building a core, a really good core, you know, and um, – We'll see. So uh, what I wanted to do here is just kind of outline some of that stuff um, in terms of where where things are um, and where I'm going and where Andrew Barry's going, which is Mobile, Alabama. Uh, that, that covers the first week of February. The, the Super Bowl is in mid-February. Right after that the, is when you can start cutting players, um, things like that. And then March 1st is the start of the NFL Combine. It didn't happen last year. It's supposed to happen pretty much as scheduled this year. Um, and then, as I mentioned, March 14th is when it all really gets kicked off. So let's do some Asking Jackson Browns mailbag questions. Um, 
And I'm just going to bring them up as I see them on my Twitter feed, guys. So we're just going to take 10 minutes or so, and I will spit them out here. So um, question from Pat. Obviously, the team can upgrade defensive tackle via free agency and or the draft, but are there any good young defensive tackles that might be nearing the end of their first contract looking to get paid similar to the Ronnie Harrison trade in 2020? Pat, that's a good question. Uh, I'm not prepared to answer that right now. I do think it's possible that the Browns could use some early draft capital this year to go for a proven player to some extent, to go for more for a 24, 25, 26-year-old player with proven production than a 21-year-old player. We will see. Um, people who are smarter than me tell me that in the analytics-driven front office will always consider first-round picks as gold. We'll be hesitant to part with them. But why do you have them? You know, to, to try to maximize them. So we will see. Um, as of right now, the Browns need two starting defensive tackles. So could Jordan Elliott be one? Sure. Um, you know, are there many different ways as we've seen in the off season, isn't just the draft. It isn't just March 14th and 15th, right? It's, uh, um, a lot. There's, there are a lot of different ways that you can make your team better and it can really extend on all the way through. So as you lay it out and there's a couple questions like this, you know, to me, the quarterback question comes first, especially because of the resources it would take to, to really make a move, um, but in terms of positions on the current team, you know, wide receiver and defensive line are one and one A. Um, you know, part of that is a decision on Jarvis Landry. Part of that is a decision, an expensive one, again, on Jadavian Clowney. Uh, but they need two starting defensive tackles, and they're going to add to the receiving core, probably both be a veteran and um, with a rookie. I don't think this is a team that's going to spend $20 million or more guaranteed on a, on a free agent wide receiver. Uh, the, the recent history of that is not good. Could it be a team that trades for a wide receiver? Could it be a team that takes a look at a guy like Allen Robinson, who clearly has talent and has some production, has fallen off um, on a cheap flyer on a one-year deal? Sure. Um, we'll, we'll see. The passing game needs to be better. Will it be or does it need to be completely remade? Uh, I think we'll find that out. So question from Tim. Uh, for a team that tries to disguise whether it's running or passing with its 13 personnel set, it sure seems like the Browns used empty backfield sets quite a bit where it's obvious they're passing. I don't understand why. Uh, Tim, I think they the empty set is a way to get a tell on the defense, and they used it as a way to create um, easy completions, specifically to Harrison Bryant. It's a way to get certain matchups. Do I think they used it too much, and is that Pittsburgh game in Week 17 the example of that? Yeah, I think it's an offense that – um, got too pass happy. They got away from its identity that was really searching for answers on many fronts. Sure. So that's all part of, of January where you go back as a coaching staff and you examine your game plans, your personnel, you take all the data um, that shows what your tendencies were, what worked and what didn't. You match that to, to what you were trying to accomplish with your game plan with what didn't. And, and that's how you start to formulate how you get better from everything from tactically to personnel-wise, to who you really trust, to what you want to be identity-wise. So you never can be just one thing, and that's why you have to mix it up, right? Uh, but we've seen two years of Kevin Stefanski, and they want to use the tight ends. And they want to, you know, you, you look at who's available on this team when everybody's healthy and you want to run the ball. You want that to open things up. And it's not as simple as this, but they got the passing game revved up in the back half of 2020. They kept people guessing, but they ran it down their throats, and they closed it that way. 
but they used it to to use misdirection and play action and attack that way. This year, they never really just kind of sustained anything, and, and it was certainly disappointing. Um, question from Kurt, with a lot of depth and reportedly not much of a drop-off from the middle of the first to the end of the second round, how likely is Andrew Barry to trade down from 13 and accumulate more picks? I think all options are open, Kurt. Um, with that 13th pick, I think the Browns are still are certainly good enough that they're not looking at a player there that says, wow, this is our one guy we need to build around. Uh, I think if, if the right offer came to move down, that they would. But, you know, what are the Browns really going to do with these extra picks right now? If they're going to use them to go get a quarterback, that's one thing. Um, if there's a trade involving 13 or 44, and this is me talking and this is January, I think it would be more likely for a veteran player, as we've talked about. Is that a quarterback? Is that for a defensive tackle? To go back to the first question, is that for a wide receiver? You know, I don't know. Um, I do think the Browns want and will get at least one young wide receiver into this group. Um, does that necessarily mean it will be at 13? No, I don't think that they're stuck to that anyway. Um, it seems like a good receiver class. Is there one worth taking at 13? Well, probably Garrett Wilson. We'll see on the Drake London kid um, from USC. We'll see how that all goes. Um you know, at 44, they could go defensive line in the first round and then to a wide receiver. They could take multiple wide receivers. They could trade pick 44 to upgrade somewhere else, or they could trade their first round pick to get a quarterback. And then then we'll see. Um, there's a lot of options open, and we will see how that goes. Um, Chris asked a question about contract restructures. I answered that in the written mailbag. Um, guys don't want to take pay cuts. Some will. And maybe they can work some things out. But uh, often in this league, a restructure in terms of a guy taking less money to stay. Uh, when a team decides they're ready to move on, the player sometimes or most often to me says, I'll move on. That's fine. And we'll see um, how that goes. Talking about the priorities, uh, what position groups in order of importance do you expect to be upgraded this offseason again? You know, wide receiver and D-line seem to be one and one A. Um can't forget about the kicking game. That's for sure. Um, the Browns, you know, with with Hooper expected to be cut and with Njoku headed for free agency, tight end is a question. Uh, it wouldn't be shocking to see the entire wide receiver group remade. Uh, obviously, Peoples Jones and Anthony Schwartz aren't going anywhere, but they could end up, you know, being wide receivers three and four, frankly, or maybe two and three. We will see. Um, the Browns need at least two starters on the D line. They have a starting safety, Ronnie Harrison, who is a free agent. They have a starting linebacker, Anthony Walker, who is a free agent. Um, do they have a replacement in Jacob Phillips there? Probably. Do they have a replacement there in Grant Delpit? Probably. Uh, that doesn't mean those guys won't be back. And we will see how that goes. Um, one thing I want to address, because I've seen this in the comment sections and some other stuff. Um, as far as the first round, the Browns aren't taking an offensive lineman, guys. They're just not. They're too invested. Um, and Jedrick Wills, who's 22 years old, and Teller and Betonio, who both signed mega extensions. Even if J.C. Treader goes, and even if Jack Conklin isn't ready for week one, and that seems possible, we don't know. I'm not trying to play doctor here. The Browns would still have eight offensive linemen who have played in games. I mean, James Hudson's a project, and James Hudson struggled, obviously, mightily in week 17. That was not a throwaway pick. That was a fourth, early fourth-round pick last year used on James Hudson to develop him. Right. Um, so, yes, I, the Browns have shown that they will and want to and need to invest heavily in the offensive line. The Browns clearly have a decision to make 
um, with Treader because they could save a bunch of money by cutting him. Um, you know, they clearly have to decide on Conklin, who's really guaranteed for one more year, how healthy he's going to be. How ready is James Hudson if Conklin's not ready? You know, how comfortable are they with the options? But they can address that in free agency. They can address that later in the draft, and I think they will. I would be stunned if they used a first-round pick on the offensive line. It's just, it's just allocation of resources, and they have already done it. So I think when you look at the importance of pass rush and the importance of defensive line in the AFC North, that is right at the top of the list. When you look at regardless of who your quarterback is, that this receiving court needs um, better players. It needs more explosion. It needs more depth, right? Uh, you know, I just I, I just would be stunned if the Browns use a first-round pick on the offensive line. I think that's crazy talk. So we'll see. Um, you know, this quarterback decision, whatever it is, short, with the exception of, of Baker staying, which, which could still happen, you know, it's going to cost you – draft picks it's going to cost you capital maybe players so we will see how that goes but i i think a new quarterback would come with the browns investing um early and often in the receiver group and i know there's going to be reinvestments in the d-line group here Um, they feel good about their depth at corner as they should but you know i don't know where greedy williams or troy hill is going to be in a year and you never have enough corners so i really don't know what they think of grant delpit and john johnson i think they both think and obviously at one time thought they could both be superstars so we'll see what happens with ronnie harrison you know i think jok is on the right track i mean greg newsom looks like he he has star qualities um after one year you just we'll, we'll see i i, I bleh, easy for me to say i'll be stunned if assuming they keep pick 13 if it's not a defensive lineman or a wide receiver right and then further down or if they make a move and use that um, yeah, they have a lot of areas to address, right? Really every, everywhere but running back and linebacker, you could see an early pick. You could at least envision it. So um, they're getting the extra three. They already had Detroit's early four. They got ammo to make trades. And like I said, it, it, it's time. Like Quasi on his way out, praised Andrew Barry, said, you got a rock star. Um, Cleveland, enjoy him, appreciate him. Like, this is just the reality of this. It's time for Andrew Barry to be a superstar. He he has to have a great offseason, right? So loaded with these picks and know with a team that we all feel like is built to win now, and they certainly operated like they were going to win now last year, or else they wouldn't have gone after the Jadavian Clownies and Malik McDowell's of the world, right? Um, you know, use those picks to trade for guys. Get guys in here. Um, make this team better. And, you know, obviously if, if the Browns have – competent quarterback play and the defense plays like it did at the end of the season, then the Browns absolutely can be are a playoff team. You know, can they win the division, get out of third place? Can they contend when they get there? Sure. If you're healthy, if you have everything right. Um, again, it's there, there it's crowded in the middle. That's where the Browns are with the roster, you know, with the good players. I think they're on the right side of the middle with the quarterback question lingering. I don't think they're anywhere close to the Buffalo Bills or the Kansas City Chiefs, right? I just I just don't. We all watched that game. So um, we will see how it goes. Uh, you know, I don't envy Andrew Barry. Uh, I just – I do think if you trust in Barry and Stefanski and Deep Podesta, and I do to a large extent, then I think the Browns um, will continue to make more smart decisions than, than not smart ones. Nobody bats 1,000. Nobody bats 600 frankly and I think they have a chance 
um, to build a team that, that can get back in the playoffs next year and that can position itself to be right in the thick of things. And um, we will see what happens at quarterback. So let's do a couple more here. Um, I lost my uh, my Twitter spot because my app restarted. So, oh, question from Ryan. Do you anticipate the drama surrounding Baker and Odell having any impact on the Browns' ability to sign for agents this offseason? Seems like Odell still has clout with a decent amount of players. Yeah, I mean, I think guys liked Odell. And when guys are on Instagram or on Twitter watching the games and praising Odell, I don't think that's anything to take personally. I think guys liked him and they're happy to see him succeed. You know, it got ugly internally with how that ended up. And the Browns bounced back the next game and played their best game of the year, right? And then after that, um, they went down the crapper. You know, there was drama um, with this team, with social media, with Instagram, with with whatever. You know, they went through a lot of injuries. They went through a lot of COVID. Are, are they mature enough to handle the ups and downs and get there? I don't know. These are These are valid questions. But to answer your question specifically, Ryan, no. Uh, in free agency, money talks, right? Now, in a position where a quarterback with a no-trade clause needs to be talked into coming here, <laughs> right? In a position where you do the aforementioned trade to acquire a proven veteran player, do you need to do your homework and make sure that he wants to be here, that he's the kind of guy that you want in your locker room? When you preach smart, tough, accountable, and in year three you should know who's that and who's not, and you go take a chance and you get burned like – Malik McDowell. Yeah, all that stuff matters. But I, I think guys want to be where they're wanted. And it's a fresh slate, right? The Browns are 0-0 zero and zero in 2022. And when they come back to work in late April, you know, I think guys will have good attitudes and be healthy and understand that they're on a pretty good team. Now, who all those guys will be and what decisions get made between now and then, you know, we're kind of guessing. They're important ones. Um, that's for sure. Let's see. Do I think, question from Andy, do I think the Browns regret moving on from Sheldon Richardson or Larry Ogunjobi? Yeah, I mean, I I think they always kind of, Larry didn't have a great year. They always kind of budgeted to move on. Um, They made the conscious choice to go with Clowney attack. They shed Sheldon's salary in the process. They wanted him to take a restructure. He didn't. He chose to move on. You know, Sheldon's 31 now. Uh, He's still a really good, really gifted player. I think both guys are free agents. Larry's coming off an injury. Yeah, I mean, anytime you look and you have holes there, you have regrets. But, you know, I, I do think this group makes decisions, not snap decisions. I think they make decisions with the present and the future in mind. And I think that they felt like they were confident. So there, there's no such thing as a perfect roster, guys. Um, there's always ways you're going to have to do it, hoping you get long-term success, but always being prepared for the short, short term. And we'll see. There's... There's eight months and a lot of ways they can get guys uh, on the defensive line. And we will see. Um, question from Lance, and we'll get out of here. Given Haslam's quick trigger, are Barry and Stefanski really, to, really willing to hitch their wagons to Baker and cross their fingers he plays well? Do they not owe it to the rest of the team to improve the QB position? Yeah, they owe it to themselves and to the rest of the team to look at every position and try to get better. Um, any step back evaluation of this team. You let it a couple weeks go, you let the emotion out and you look and you say, we have a good team and we're positioned to win now to be better than eight and nine to be in the playoffs instead of watching them. Right. Um, I don't think anybody's getting fired. I don't think there's any intent of getting fired, but yes, let's just be honest. If the Browns are eight and nine again, 
next year and the offense flops, the head coach is in big trouble. <laughs> that's just reality. That's not <laughs> reporting. That's not speculating. That's just reality. Um, the Ravens are getting their guys back next year. The Bengals are coming back, presumably with an even better offensive line, and we will see. So um, the reality is the Browns are positioned to have a good year to get back in the playoffs, and they need to. Um, you know, can that stuff, thinking you're on the hot seat, cloud your judgment? It can, sure. Everybody's human. We'll see. Um, does the Haslam's past way into that? I don't know. I think they want to move past that. I think they want this to succeed. I think they completely believe in Andrew Barry and Paul DePodessa. And I think those guys completely believe in Kevin Stefanski right now. But they better win. The team's built to win. The offense has to be better. Um, you know, Andrew Barry has focused on one area in each of his two previous off seasons. Um, they set about to fix the defense last year. And by the end of the year, they had fixed the defense. The Browns in November and December played like a top five defense. The offense sucked. It was stunning. It's still hard to explain. There was a lot that went into it. It's not one person's fault. Um, so if you get the offense back on track and the defense plays even most up to that level, even close to that level, like I guess I'm trying to say, you got a playoff team on your hands. We'll see. There's some some big lingering questions here. Um, and there's a lot of pressure on everybody. So what the result of that is, is absolutely tied to the results of next season, but there's 17 games. There's eight months before it starts. There's a lot of decisions to be made. I'm off to Alabama. Thanks for listening. I will have the podcast stuff with me. Um, the Senior Bowl is an event that you don't really know. You know, I don't expect any news news. I don't know how it's going to go with things, but I will have a podcast from there. I would guess at least one. Maybe it will be one at the end of the week when I come home. But we'll keep you in the loop. Thank you for listening. Thank you for reading. This has been Civilized Barking. Talk to you soon.